There's one fella that just hates Florida, and his name is Joe Biden. He stiffs storm victims of, of relief just because he doesn't like the governor. Uh, the Biden administration has approved our request, you know, and it's my sense that the administration, you know, wants to help. All right, so welcome back. You guys are back for another episode of Why Are We Like This, the true crime podcast where Florida is one big crime scene that we're trying to somehow explain. Uh, I'm David Quinones, joined by my my co-hosts, Tomas Kennedy. Hello, Tomas. Hello, everybody. Good to see you all again. And Gerald Doherty. Welcome back, Gerald. Hello. Thanks for having me. This week, we're joined by Jordan Zacharin, a reporter and producer for More Perfect Union. His reporting has had Florida and um, Governor Ron DeSantis firmly in his crosshairs of late. Jordan, how, how does it how does it seem or feel or look uh, from an out-of-state perspective? Um, yeah, I mean, like, I'm trying... The hurricane, I, I will be honest, I haven't watched a ton of coverage just because I've been bleary-eyed because uh, my son was born six days ago. Um, but it's, it's interesting in that, like, it's always a sort of pornography, right? Like, here's the worst street, here's the worst... So you never really idea of never really have an idea of how bad it actually is so you kind of like take it for you know all that with a grain of salt until they say like oh the superdome has collapsed or something like that um and like it did with katrina or whatever that happened superdome so um i guess the nice thing is that it's a story with florida with like desantis can't control it (laughs) you know like um that's been there and so i don't know i'm from i live in new york and you know jersey originally and remember when sandy came um you know, I was like displaced for a week because I was in these Village gym and they got flooded in Otans and you were in uh, New York as well. And like, you know, Chris Christie acted like a big, big, strong hero and got like, you know, all the plaudits and stuff. And then like a year later, it turns out he like, fucked everything up. And so I kind of watch all this stuff with like thinking, I know that they're just trying to play up the worst of it, but also I'm not going to be like a climate denier and say there's not something wrong happening. So it's just kind of odd. Like you watch these things like you're watching a disaster movie where you want to watch everything to be destroyed, but then you realize there's actual people there. Um, so it, it's when you mentioned the, the, the police officer or whatever, the, the chief, the guy from blue bloods who said that, um, you know, there's hundreds of hundreds dead. It's like, it, ma- it makes me think that they just want to control things. Right. Um, that thing of the pandemic was like, they didn't care if people died or not. And so they just wanted to control them like population control, I guess. And in this element, they're like, Oh yeah, there's hundreds of people died. So we have to like, shut down the streets and, you know, declare martial law. So I think I've been there. This thing is always just be like, how can I get control? Um, so that's, that's my impression. I was talking to David before we, we opened up. I was remarking, like with that sheriff, even if there were hundreds dead from the storm, we're not far removed when hundreds dead in Florida was a daily occurrence in the form of COVID, especially through that summer of Delta. However, what COVID spares and what the hurricane doesn't is property which is to say it's also causing a lot of property damage. And I think that's the thing that they actually concern themselves with is not loss of life so much as loss of material goods and services and, you know, the, the benefits of living within empire. Basically. Yeah. I don't see it. I didn't see any, uh, any, any, any uh, Lee County sheriffs or, you know, red, red County sheriffs down here um, popping on onto good morning America at any point in time, honestly, during the 30 months that, uh, that COVID was, was, kicking our ass and also was like ravaging Florida because I think in the last couple of weeks, Florida has overtaken New York in terms of death yeah. over the course of that the was, that was Octo- that, October of last year, I think. Damn. Yeah. You know, what's funny is that, I mean, I, you know, being in New York, right. Like where the code was at its worst and thing about it is like, you know, there's no missiles raining down on us. Right. I was, you know, all I heard was the only, the only signs of COVID was at its worst was when it was like the uh, hospital 
or ambulance sirens, right? And so I think that's the thing. It's like you can see the destruction from from a hurricane. You can't see it from COVID. And so, you know, they can get away with saying, oh, no, it's not a big deal. We can just, like, move on with our lives. Um, and the people who die, especially in Florida, I guess, are old and uh, poor. I mean, that's kind of everywhere, but especially in Florida. So, you know, they they have to act like they're in charge of shit when it's when there's a hurricane. But if it's COVID, they can just say, oh, that's no, it's chill. It's fine. Um, they, those people are going to die anyways, which is really weird. I get so many people responding to me on Twitter because I talk about how I think the Santa just, like, killed 50,000 people, basically, with his policies. And they're like, well, it's all old people. All right, well, like, yeah, well, all right, just send your grandma to the guillotine, I guess. I don't know. No harm, no foul. It was old people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I, 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 it's it's true. Like, I've never seen a state full of people who are, like, uh, first of all, just profoundly broken people on the aggregate anyway. Like, like, to live in Florida is to be, like, in need of therapy. How quickly a state of 21 million people who just by dint of living in this state are already in need of help. <laughs> cast off cast off the weakest people and be like oh they were old uh that they that like the people i swear to god in the in the months when covid was really taking um taking its largest tolls everybody was like online with like calipers to see who's f- too fat or obese and whether or not they yeah. ate their way to deserving to die or some shit like that it's weird that like it is there is an element of eugenics there right like oh they're old or they're too fat or whatever it is i wonder if it's like uh, and Tom and I can talk about it later, but if they were like, well, they're just more blunt about it. Like, well, you know, only old people who tend to be, be in democratic areas died or like only, you know, it's disproportionately black people died or I don't know, uh, would that, if they were that blunt about it, would it be as easy to get away with it? Because like 80,000 80, plus people have died. I mean, that's insane. That is like, you know, when you look back on, I don't know, like world history and you look at different, you know, mass death events and different, you know, genocides and whatnot, like, Florida alone, 80,000 people died, and, like, a vast majority of them were preventable. Um, that It just always blows my mind that we're just, like, okay with that. And I'm not one of those people – I'm not one of those people that's, like, COVID was conspiracy or that it was, like, weaponized or that it was um, – you know, or that, like, you shouldn't be able to safely live your life, you know, that like you should be inside forever. Um, but, you know, that's crazy to me. Like, you've had, like, 1,000-plus people dying every single week for the last couple of years, and everyone's, like – no, this is free. This is freedom for us. This is cool. Yeah, I think that the trend is probably the thing that that is the scariest when you look at it, right? Because at some point, New York, and New York is always always gets roped in as the as the the sort of contrapositive when you compare it to, to 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 Florida in everything, by the way. Um, but specifically with COVID responses, like New York started way up here. And then slowly, slowly, slowly kind of, you know, with with peaks and valleys and, you know, sprinkled in there, um, got their shit together. Whereas Florida started kind of slow and proceeded to lose our shit and and not have it together. So, yeah. Well, like the the height of the I mean, for us in New York, like we were I was going to the grocery store and we were like wiping down our food. You know, we'd go there and like sanitize the bags or sanitize like the bags of potato chips we didn't know how the hell you got it and like people didn't know it was an airborne thing and they were saying oh don't even wear masks like there was a point in which new yorkers weren't supposed to wear masks but they're supposed to keep them for you know hospitals and uh nurses and whatnot and so it was like we were walking around with giant targets on our back and almost like it was like we put on our targets and like ran towards the bullets and this is the numbers that we ended up with. And, you know, once we figured out, oh, we shouldn't run towards these uh, bayonets from the other, from the, uh, from the virus. And we shouldn't, uh, we should probably like put on our camouflage, what have you. Um, our numbers are still 
like we did that for like months and months and months just like volunteered to be slaughtered because we didn't know any better and yet somehow you guys passed us it's actually a really impressive accomplishment it's like we're watching a pennant race in baseball and like uh, you just surged in the second half of the season yeah i mean like you guys had you you guys got your sammy sosa on for a while there but you know you just can't beat mark mcguire at the end of the day you know we were <laughs> we're juicing down here we were like we're, we're, we're going um, we're... no you know it's it's wild that like you knew exactly how to avoid it and this is the royal you of florida and you just like ran into the it's like you're running a you're in i don't know in a war and you're just like running into a hail of bullets and the, the way to beat it is not run into the hail of bullets yeah <laughs> like i don't think like, i don't think no. i I don't think I talked about this story very uh, on this podcast yet at all, um, but I'll, I'll recount it because uh, Tomas and I have been going back and forth with a uh, a rich lawyer down here in Miami who wants to take over, basically pr- privatize one of these, um, basically a, a really important park to our little ecosystem down here. Like a, it's called Tropical Park. What, what what has been described as the Central Park of Miami, even though it, it, it is nothing like Central Park. But it's a park. A it's a park that's centrally located, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and it's big, but not that big. Well, during the during the worst part of the pandemic, but right at the beginning of being um uh of of, of the availability, the wide availability of the vaccines, I was going I was playing basketball at Tropical Park every day. I was in such a good groove, I was losing weight, I was in you know, great shape. And right next to it was uh this building that they used for uh, Regeneron um, appointments, so or Regeneron nice. treatments, right? So, and this was, of course, and I, T, maybe you can shed a little light because I still feel like nobody's really gotten to the bottom of this about whether or not Ron DeSantis had any kind of financial stake uh, or was representing individuals who stood to gain um, from the sale and the, uh, the the wider adoption of Regeneron. I remember that was a really controversial thing we were talking about back then, but I bring that up to just say like. I remember seeing how there were hardly anybody. There was hardly anybody in the lines across the way for the um, for the vaccine because they also distributed the vaccine there or administered the vaccine there. But every day, one at least in the hour and a half that I would be there playing basketball, there would be one ambulance that would show up to take Abuelo away because it's like he waited way too long and he should have gotten vaccinated and he didn't, and instead he waited until he was sick. And or she, abuela, would wait until they were sick and um, go to get the treatment at the Regeneron Center. And sure enough, like by clockwork, the fuck the the the, the medical medical response was coming back coming there. Hospitals, uh, I'm sorry, ambulance every I swear like every hour or so there was another one coming by to pick people up who 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 waited too long. But to your point, Jordan, it's like yeah, we ran straight towards the bullets. We're like yeah, what do what do we do? Get vaccinated? Fuck that shit. There's a Regeneron. Uh, station right down the street from me, and um, I guess I'll just get a hospital ride from there to the hospital, uh, or get an ambulance ride from there to the hospital. Yeah, no, I want to clarify it a little bit. So the, the the issue wasn't that DeSantis himself had a financial stake on it, as far as we know, which as far as we know he doesn't. It was that a lot of his like big big donors, like his billionaire and millionaire donors. Had had financial stakes on Regeneron, you know. They Ken had, Griffin, Ken, Ken yeah, Griffin exactly. of uh, yeah, Home Depot. Yeah, he's literally guy. his literally his biggest donor. And the issue wasn't even that Florida was adopting Regen- Regeneron as an option, but that he was so aggressively pursuing that, yeah. while at the same time, you know, downplaying vaccination and testing, right? Because you, you you've had. 
the governor not just not pursue vaccination as a strategy, but outright, you know, like parrot anti-vaxxer talking points. So it was just very, very weird what was happening. But I'd like to use this kind of to pivot a little bit because I, I want to ask you, Jordan, what what is it that got you interested in covering Florida and Ron DeSantis, right? And I ask that because this is a, a clear example of like the type of grift, right? And pay to play quid pro quo politics that we see in Florida all the time, but that, you know, it's, it's particularly egregious, you know, in the context of the pandemic and the executive power that Ron DeSantis holds. And, and I know you've done a lot of work about, you know, in, in regards of donors like Ken Griffin, who are, you know, quite frankly, you know, buying out influence in the form of these like huge donations to Ron DeSantis' campaign, Friends of Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Friends of Ron DeSantis. It's, um, yeah, it's a, that's a very funny name because I don't think he has an actual friend. Um, maybe in that case, <laughs> that's about it. But uh, he just has like donors and people that are afraid of him. But um, you know what it was? I think like, we've all kind of known that Florida is, uh, you know, politics are unique in a way uh, for a while. But I think it was, it was Amendment 4, Right. I thought that was a really cool thing that was happening. Right. Like you're going to give a million people back their like the voting rights they deserve. And it passed like 60 percent. And then they were just like, actually, no, we're not going to do that. And I mean, that was such a, an ab- I mean, yeah, you don't mean to, t- me to tell you it's such an abuse of uh, power and just like a slap in the face to democracy. And like it was mind bot. It wasn't I was not surprised. I wasn't like all of a sudden, wait, a government would do something bad if it would disenfranchise its voters. Like it wasn't like I was surprised by it, but it was so blatant to me and it was one of the things that look i think trump took up so much bandwidth that no one really paid attention and it pissed me off so much and so i just you know kind of like from that point on just got so mad about it and you know just that this has got such like an ugly face too and so it made it easy for me to like hate him um just like aesthetically speaking and you know <laughs> it's um you know the more the more you read about it the more the, what, what a bully he is you know and i think so much of what i do is that you know, I work for more perfect union and we're trying to cover stories that people are not covering. But I, before I even did that, I was working at, you know, when this, when this, uh, my fourth thing went down and I became sort of obsessed around DeSantis, I was working and I still have it. This newsletter I do, um, it was called, it's now called the progress report. And, you know, I was big on amendment four. Like I was, it was a big thing I really cared about. And so following what was happening there. And then I think, um, you know, just like kind of delving into it from there, just becoming sort of obsessed with the fact that no one gave it, seemed to give a shit. It was like, I need to, I don't know, give a shit. And uh, I don't think like my Twitter account or my newsletter is going to like uh, light the world on fire, but maybe it's, you know, it, it pisses me off when there's a mainstream media that doesn't, you know, pay attention. You know, I don't think there's like, I, I know plenty of people I've worked in the media for more than a decade, plenty of people who are like good intentions that want to do good work. And I don't think it's like some rigged, it, like it's the opposite of left-wing <laughs> controlled. Um, but it's, you know, it's people just like moths running to a candle, running, you know, flying to a flame, uh, to a light. And all this stuff gets kind of, you know, brush under the rug. And so, you know, as the DeSantis stuff gets more and more egregious, it becomes more and more bully, you know, just insults, you know, just to terrorize his children, right? Kids in the classroom or trans kids or, you know, just saying, oh, I'm going to legalize it. Make, it. make it like legal for someone to hit you with a fucking car if you're in the street protesting uh, for Black Lives Matter. That sort of stuff. It becomes so egregious and no one pays attention to it. It feels like um, I will, I try to like bring some attention to it. And as I discover more of it, just through knowing you and other folks that, um, you know, just having to listen to his voice, like it feels like I can't punch him in the face, but I can at least, I don't know, like tweet that shit about him or put up billboards or something. And so, yeah, there's plenty of terrible Republicans. You know, he's not like unique in that sense, but 
his, you know, it's mix of like no one covering it and the fact that it's so awful and the fact that like they don't just, they're not ignoring him. They're like playing him up as a presidential contender. And he's like this swagless bully. He's a swagless, whining, like boxy suited, you know, dork man. And, you know, millions of people are suffering under him. And they're just like, well, this could be helpful to his presidential ambitions. You know, like he will, um, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, God. he was, I forget, what it was, it was sending those people, like kidnapping the migrants, right? And sending them to Martha's Vineyard. And the New York Times was like, this could show that he's got bigger ambitions for the president, you know, for a presidential campaign in 2024. And I was like, well, what about the 50 people he fucking kidnapped? And so I think no. that sort of stuff just drives me nuts. And, um, you know, we can talk about some of the projects we're working on, but he just doesn't, he doesn't even pretend to not, to like, dislike nazis you know like that's the sort of thing that a few years ago would be like the third rail and he's like not just he's not just grabbing the third rail he's like licking it proudly you know it's like and it's powering him and so yeah it's just that like no one covers him in the way that he should not i'm saying obviously you guys do but no one in like a a mainstream media covers him the way he should be and so it feels like i can scream into the void or i can make content that goes into the void but maybe a few people see so (laughs) i'll choose the latter and what what was the first big investigation or project that you worked on regarding DeSantis in Florida? I think so. Last year, um, we worked on a thing actually with Anaskamani helped. She did like a she did some like voice for it and and hosted it. We did a thing on his big corporate giveaways. You know the, the taxes that that went out and that was um, an early MPU joint. So that was the first thing I did for More Perfect Union. Just the amount of money it gave to. Ironically, like we framed it around Disney. Um, a year later, that's it's, it's kind of funny. He's still obviously giving them tons of money, but has pretended to like you know attack them. So that was the first one. The corporate giveaways are so obvious to me, um, and you would think that. I'm not naive enough to think that people read about tax policy, you know, or that like they care about anything other than like culture, really, um, or like bread and butter, you know, can I pay for this thing issues, but that was a big one. And then housing, right? Like it was over, I think over this past winter, reading about what's going on with the Tampa Bay, over the Tampa Tenants Union, St. Peter's, St. Pete's Tenants Union, and um, Miami Day trying to do that. And I think like those are local issues, but also they can't pass ordinances even if they wanted to because of the preemption laws. And so, Looking more into that became like kind of a thing that I really became obsessed with and pitched for a while at NPU. And we finally did a story on it this spring. And as, you know, as uh, I guess Orange County is moving towards doing some sort of like somewhat defanged, but as best uh, the best they could do, uh, rent control ballot initiative. And so those two things, I think it was like the corporate giveaways and the, you know, developers and all that were the kind of the things that really set me off. And then, you know, he wants to talk about education. He wants to talk about, you know, CRT or whatever we called it or, um, you know, grooming like the fucking piggy is. And so I think that stuff should be taken on because he needs to be shown to be a hypocrite. But I think that he's just so almost like hilariously corrupt that that sort of stuff needs to be pointed out as well. I feel like um, it's funny. You, you you mentioned the Disney and the corporate giveaway and, and the way that all of these things fit neatly into little easy, uh, almost tweet length uh, uh, culture takes, right? And I remember one of them was, Thank you, Governor DeSantis, doing a great job bringing, I think, I forget if it was 2,000 or 20,000 high-paying Disney jobs to, to Orlando. And what didn't come through, and I'm sure that you mentioned in your reporting, is, um, number one, more recently, those jobs, obviously with the aggressive posture towards towards Disney, those jobs dis- disappeared. Those aren't going to happen. Number two, those were high-paying jobs that somebody is already had that somebody already had in Los Angeles, and those two thousand or twenty thousand—I forget. Maybe you can correct me. Keep me honest here, Jordan. But um, those people were 
just going to be transplanted to the central right. Florida area. That's not 2000 jobs that Floridians are going to get that. I mean, like maybe you could swing it or, you know, spin it and say, this is tax base, I guess, maybe like a few thousand people that are coming with, with, you know, high net worth individuals or whatever. But like, that's a perfect uh, example of the way that the DeSantis's strength is just kind of taking these little pieces and little headline high level items and turning them into grist for his culture mill or for his personal aggrandizement and just putting it out there and being like, yeah, Ron DeSantis, 2000 high paying jobs from Disney. Boom. And that's all that gets absorbed. That's all right. that goes through the membrane. Yeah. I mean, that I think it was 2000, but it was like the amount of money they were putting towards each job was just stupid. Right. You could like yeah. give, I, I probably like, 10,000 like decent paying jobs to Floridians, like actual Floridians who were there for the same cost yep. and not drive up whatever housing rate uh, prices were in Orange County, which is like the, the, the worst in the nation for um, in terms of you know, rent increases. And so, yeah, but I mean, he understands in the same way Trump understands that like the nuance is dead and no one really gives a shit. And, right. you know, even if like someone does a big report two days, three days a week later, like it's going to be on like eight page A24 while the, the big headline is going to be on, you know, a, page a1 and so it's tough right like you know exactly he knows exactly what he's going to get out of it and so i think the key and you know i'm not advising the crisp campaign um they can't afford me but um you know the key is to kind of <laughs> build this counter narrative that one he's a crook and two like he doesn't give a shit about you and three like he's a giant dork because the way he swaggers around with cops behind him like it makes me laugh but also you know it, it's so I don't know. I don't know what he was like. He's in high school. Maybe he was like the bully, or like he tried to suck up to the bully, and they just like wouldn't have him. But um, he, you know, him with all the cops behind him, he tries to project this image where he just will yell at he'll yell at reporters without you know knowing he's going to take any questions. And so it's kind of piercing that weird inevitability that weird power he has, and also just trying to point out like what a schmuck he is in terms of like he would steamroll you, he would run you over with a forklift if it meant 0.01 more higher percent chance of getting a Republican presidential nomination. Yeah, and he and he literally did, right? I mean, that's what he's done ever since he became elected, and especially after COVID. But, you know, that, that makes me think of something that I've always maintained, uh, you know, in Florida and that I've told Florida Democrats uh, to no avail is that they failed to replicate the playbook of the Obama 2012 campaign which is to basically make Mitt Romney into the fucking monopoly man and just to hammer that into voters, right? I mean, if you, you know, I wouldn't say the Obama 2012 campaign was a leftist campaign or a left center campaign, but it was in a lot of ways a populist campaign, right? Do you remember the, you know, and of course, Mitt Romney was the, the gift that kept on giving. Remember the 47% the of Americans wouldn't vote for him yeah. because they're on entitlements or whatever. But they, they really, like I said, made him into the monopoly, man. And, you know, it's just bizarre to me how they don't do that when they're given, you know, gifts like Rick Scott as an opponent, you know, the largest Medicare fraudster in U.S. history. But then even DeSantis, right, a, a guy that like, you know, pretends to be, you know, some sort of like, working class populism and talks about the zoom class or whatever but then you know you know you have to pay twenty five thousand dollars to play around the golf with and you know as people like ken griffin bankrolling him and you know is completely in the pocket of fpl and other you know corporations i just never understand 
like like you said, why don't they just make him out to be the crook that he is in the eyes of the public and the Florida electorate at large? You know, it's I guess it's just an yeah. open question that I have, but it's just bizarre to me. I think a lot about the 2012 campaign with Obama. I think like he was sort of saved by Occupy Wall Street, although I'm sure like Democrats would be loath to say because they kind of recentered like what the political narrative was, and all of a sudden inequality was like a big deal. Um, so they could like they could like I know I, I doubt they had ever said anything nice about Occupy. Um, but you know, there's that, there was that thing in the air. And I think the funny thing is like, that's back in the air now, you know, no one's occupying wall street right now, but like all across the country and I cover this every single day, like people are trying to form unions and you know, people are pissed off with their boss. And like, you know, it, it's, even if it's just a small subset, that's all that matters if it's in the ether, right. Like it's finally being covered by the media. And, um, there's this, there's this idea that Ron DeSantis fights for you. Right. And that's not the case. I mean, unless your name is Ken Griffin or you've got like, you know, $20 million or $10 billion in the bank, but they, you know, he likes, he can make himself into some like fighter pilot in the goofiest video ever and like seem like a working class guy. And he like, Oh, I was, I was a veteran. I was in the Navy or whatever. And like, no, you were actually like a Jag lawyer after being at Harvard. Yeah. Um, And so nowhere near any front lines, nowhere near any conflict zones. But I think that he so tightly controls the media and the perception of him and like dominates things so heavily that he's able to shape that narrative without any sort of compelling counter narrative. And I guess that's like, you know, I'm not with the Florida Democratic Party, but I don't know, like there's this maybe they just don't want to attack rich people because that's who donate to them, too. You know, maybe they think that that's like, you know, there's an element of like, oh, actually, it pulls pretty well to like have tax breaks because people move to Florida for no taxes. I don't know. But um, it should be much easier. I think also Mitt Romney, like, I think DeSantis benefits from the fact that, you know, the Mitt Romney thing, the 47%, you know, people are like a lazy piece of shit or whatever that he said and that, you know, uh, that captured audio at the restaurant fundraiser, that would be over in a day, right? Like that would, like no one would care about it anymore. That would not be able to stick, right? Like, again, it's been two months since DeSantis like said, no, I will not condemn or didn't say a word about Nazis. He said it in like right. last, in March too. He's like, they're trying to trap me. They're trying to smear me by like, you know, saying these Nazis are my fans, even though they like, you know, marched with like my name on their, uh, their signs. And so people forget, I think he takes advantage of that. He just constantly makes news, right? He, it's kind of like with Trump, right? Like you would think any of Trump's scandals would have sunk him, but he put, he did so many of them every single fucking day. There's another Trump scandal. And I think with DeSantis, like he's, I mean, I think Trump was like a, a toddler and just made messes constantly, but, um, DeSantis is very, calculating about making those messes and you know he's like all right you know what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna like remove another board of education member or county official and say like i can do it if i want whatever who cares and like you'll forget about the nazi thing because you're mad about this thing now well, we, we started we started talking we kind of made a joke i made a joke about like sammy sosa mark mcguire at the top but i do believe that ron DeSantis does have uh one performance enhancing drug where he once this started he became became way better at what you're talking about. That sort of narrowing of the focus and that understanding the the, the realm of the the communications, how things are received. And as much as I loathe this person more than anything in the world, I do think that you can um, you can cut DeSantis's existence in the public uh, mind into two um, eras, and that is before Christina Pushaw and after Christina Pushaw. Because as soon as she began with his campaign. Uh, Tomas, I'd be interested to hear what you have to say about this too, man. Like, it felt like he leveled up, like he, like something unlocked in his, in, in, in just his public, um, like his, 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 his public relations, the way that he presented himself, the way that he uh, cherry picked these issues, and the way that he just aimed for the top, aimed for the headline, and didn't give a shit about anything else. He became 
so much more effective at being that guy. And I don't know what, like, Tomas, you must have noticed that too, right? At some, uh, like when she kind of started advising him. I don't remember if it was like mid 2018 or 2019 or something like that. I mean, look, I, I, you know, I think Ron DeSantis has always been a, a far right extremist. He's one of the nine founding members of the Freedom Caucus. Uh, but he was much more of just like a libertarian constitutionalist, you know, kind of guy in the, in the house. Uh, he wasn't really like an, an extreme culture warrior like he is now. When he got elected as a governor, a lot of people were like, well, you know, he appointed some people to the soil and water thing. Maybe he's not that bad. I was like, you guys have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. This guy's a psychopath and he will prove himself to be one very soon. And one of the she, she blocked me before I ever even like interacted with her. So I don't even know what the fuck she's doing. I know she, I think she's doing stuff for like, uh, I don't know, like the Republic of Georgia. She's a spy or something like legally, but um, beyond that. Yeah, she's officially, yeah, that's true. You're right. She is yeah. officially like registered as a foreign agent. That's what a lot of her work was. And I'm not one to like go down that whole Russiagate path very often, but like, God damn that it's like she literally was a registered agent and no for one these Soviet bloc nations and yeah, like like former Soviet bloc nations and nobody cares. Nobody, yeah, nobody talks about it. No, I, I think what really marks his his deferring trajectory is COVID, right? The fact that you know COVID did unleash this like you know far right reactionary forces upon America that were already, you know, always there, you know, obviously Trump has, has, has propagated them since his election, but obviously COVID broke a lot of people's brains, you know, to put it non-eloquently and DeSantis really took advantage of that. And yes, you know, he, he, since COVID, he went through three communications, uh, press secretaries. One was Helena Aguirre-Ferre, who was really incompetent and got layered and basically moved as ED of the Republican Party of Florida. The second mm-hmm. one was Fred Piccolo, who was basically a, a shit poster who couldn't stop tweeting but wasn't skilled at it like Pushaw and yeah. basically uh, got fired because he made fun of people dying of COVID, which is something that, like, Pushaw is a shit poster, but she's, like, skilled at it. She wouldn't do something right. like that. And then I do agree, David, that like, I think his his current persona was basically formulated during the outset of COVID and, and, and his orientation against lockdowns and, you know, this like freedom. Business like, first, hyper, reopen. Yeah. Yeah. Like hyper right wing, like slash libertarian with culture war added into it. But Pushaw did give it like strategy and, and direction that it didn't have before. And she is the person that really unlocked like the meanness within him right like the let's call everybody that disagrees with us groomers and pedophiles and shit like that so she's she's a very scary individual um and you know it's just awful that she's in the position that she is <laughs> you know it's it's uh well first of all like i was saying it's, uh when you disappeared she blocked me before i even knew who she was so um glad i could haunt her and uh hopefully make her make her sad and uh the specter hangs over her, but it's, you know, it, like you said, it's very, they unlock the anger and the meanness in him. But, you know, the thing about COVID thing is it becomes, well, Republicans think that we shouldn't uh, protect people and Democrats do. And these are just two normal positions to have. And yeah. they are like normal things. And, you know, one's right. And one's, you know, some people believe this and some people believe that. And it's like saying that, yeah, there's like, an, I mean, 
it's like saying, okay, well, the um, the earth is going to explode in like one year. And some people think that we should just um, like throw all the poor people into a volcano. And other people think that we should get off the earth. And like they both seem like rational policies. You know, they're both like rational political things. And so as long as you have that binary, you can just keep being worse and worse and worse. You can be like a Nazi enabler who like throws old people into the line of fire. And that's just one side of the story. That's just one political binary. And so like he benefits from the fact that well, that's the Republican stance. And no, like, you know, it's people always you know, do the whole like Nazi thing, but there's, I guess, like we should exterminate Jews or not exterminate Jews. And I'm a Jewish person, so I feel okay saying that. But like, just because what, there's two different opinions about a thing, there's two different sides to the thing, doesn't mean like they have equal weight and equal validity. And I think that's, you know, he's really benefited from that idea that, well, you know, uh, COVID lockdown is just not really that popular politically. And, you know, people are unhappy with it. And some people just want to be able to, like, breathe in the, the, the death dust and, you know, see, like, their, their neighbors fall to the ground and um, everyone uh, be destroyed so that they can go to, like, Dave and Buster's without having to wear a mask. And that is, you know, seen as just as legitimate as saying, hey, maybe we should, I don't know, like, give people money to chill at home for a little while and, like, so we can figure out, like, why people die in mass and, like, you know, take, like, reasonable precautions about it. But to bring it back to your corruption point from earlier, like that's a worldview that makes sense also if one of his big donors is Dave and Buster's. Like a lot of the big driver for that politics, like were the businesses that wanted to stay open and didn't care if, you know, customers wanted to come in and cough on the staff and write USA where the tip is supposed to go in the first place, you know, like as long <laughs> as the money's coming in, then that's fine. I remember on a dime when Hannity went from COVID is no big deal, who cares, to um thank God President Trump is there to make sure that we're all safe, yeah. was when the Dow hit 18,000, which is where it was on election night uh, when Trump won, which is to say any gains in the financial market had been completely erased by the market panic over COVID, which is to say we only care about this because the market cares about it. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I know that there's a, tens of millions of people who would love to perform cruelty, you know, as, <laughs> political cruelty as their replacement for having a personality but let's not forget there are also a lot of businesses who would love to give them the space to do it yeah if you know no 100 yeah it you know you look at the 2020 election they weren't you know businesses were not saying hey we should be like thoughtful about this they were like uh you know immediately after the 2020 after the 2020 election they made up the idea of like a labor shortage so that they could force people they could force states to you know encourage them to give them an excuse to like take away any sort of um you know Unemplo- extra unemployment and send them back to like the line of fire and so no, you're 100 right like they are they are rewarded for doing these uh terribly cool things and not at all punished i i was really surprised that we haven't seen more of that like of the corporate or business community start to look at desantis a bit more askew after the um whole disney embroglio because if he could turn on disney that quick like if i'm CEO of some multi-billion dollar, you know, multinational company. And I'm firmly bought in with 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 Ron DeSantis and his project in Florida and his probably his project nationally to be president in a couple of years. Um, but I I see that and I I wonder like, well, what if he decides to like make a culture point with my company? Like what if he decides that we're doing something too gay or what if he thinks that we're too woke or whatever like and it doesn't or seem too black. like that has happened yeah too black people are constantly telling me that i'm too black i it's like enough guys um but like i don't know jordan from your perspective have you seen any kind of like hesitancy 
from people who you might think are like, because we saw that with Trump, right? We saw some corporate interests or people who are maybe like the John Boehner Country Club Republican wing, even as early as like 2016 and 2017, taking a little bit more of a cautious look at Trump because of the wild card that he represents. And here's DeSantis, who's gone from being one of them, that country club sort of reliable libertarian Republican, you know, swamp creature to being, you know, a, a, a dollar store Trump. And I just wonder, I don't know, like, is it going to is it going to wear thin? I'm sure it's worn thin on Disney, who he probably could have counted as having in his back pocket as recently as a year ago. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess, first of all, you know, Disney did try to go up against him and he just like unleashed like a, a wave of Nazis and white supremacists and like keyboard warriors and like strange QAnon creatures at them. And so as long as he has the pulpit, you know, you have to get to play along. You can't like take it away from him. And unless you're going to like give millions upon millions of dollars to Charlie Chris, the Florida Democratic Party and like swamp, you know, uh, swamp them or something like that, which they don't want to do because they might have to pay like a dollar more in taxes, then, you know, they have to just kind of fall in line. Right. Like th- yeah. there was an element, there was an, I, you remember like, after the election and it was like, the fall it was like the spring of 2021 and you know there was all these new laws coming out of like, voter suppression and all these things like that and you know it was texas and there was georgia and all these states were all these companies were like yo we're gonna um you know take a stand against this or you know even take a mild one like what mlb maybe baseball moved the all-star game out of uh out of atlanta and moved it to denver i right. think because of the voting rights thing and like i don't like i guess like it was applauded but there was no real upside to it beyond like uh like some people giving them like good headlines and tweets for a day right and then, like, they just, uh, what you call it, like, conservatives are mad at them for a week or a year or whatever it was. And the same thing, like, well, I've had the Super Bowl where it's going to be. I think it's in, is it going to be in Florida this game this year or something like that? But anyway, the Super Bowl is going to be in like, a terrible place. Football. And, yeah, maybe it's Texas or something like that. It's going to be in a terrible place where, like, people are saying, yeah, we shouldn't have it there. But there's no upside to that anymore. And so, uh, yeah, they're all driven by, like, what, what their quality prop is going to look like. And so they see the upside is, like, not there but but you know what i i also think it's simpler than that it, it all this like culture war shit against companies and corporations from the right wing is bullshit it's just it's just a choreography and 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 the proof is on the actual like policy and consequences for example when they were pushing this anti-big tech bill in florida right the, so that companies couldn't cancel like right wingers from social media and whatever the fuck that bill ended up getting like blocked by the you know by the courts because of First Amendment issues, but there are like public records that have been released by Jason Garcia and other really good reporters here in Florida that show that Ron DeSantis' uh, chief now chief of staff and other legislative aides worked with Disney to carve out Disney from the bill. They basically put an amendment saying that any social media company that owns a theme park the, wouldn't be included in the bill. And that is because You know, Disney, all those. Yeah. yeah. No, but Disney was worried Sea World only. Disney was worried about their Disney Plus platform, which would, would have qualified as a social media endeavor within that bill and didn't want it included. And guess what? It wasn't included. And you you were you mentioned it earlier, Jordan. Even this year. You know, we, we've covered it on that more perfect union story that, that, that we worked on earlier this year. When they were doing the corporate giveaways, you know, the, 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 the $624 million that they gave to, comp- to companies this year, 
that was a secret list of, of corporations. But we know that Disney got at least $10 million worth of those, of, of, of those funds this year alone. And they've gotten hundreds and millions of dollars in taxing incentives this year alone at the same time as DeSantis was doing all that, like, I'm going to dissolve Reedy Creek shit and take away all, all their privileges and blah, blah, blah. And guess what? All that Reedy Creek shit is not going to happen because they know for a fact that that, that stuff is going to get held up in the courts for years. It's going to be in the courts way after DeSantis is gone, whether he becomes president or he's not governor anymore or whatever, that stuff is still going to be in the courts. And one day it's just either going to be settled or dismissed or whatever. But Disney is not going to lose Reedy Creek. And I know that because unions that I'm not going to name, but big unions in Florida went to their members when that was happening. And of course they were concerned. But they talked to like the Disney lawyers and the Disney representatives and they said, listen, this stuff is bullshit. Like nothing's <laughs> going to come of it. It's just all political theater. And it's like yeah. that with everything DeSantis does. A lot of it is awful and sets up really bad president. But a lot of it is a lot of bark and no bite because it's just all bullshit political theater so that the fucking rubes who followed him can get riled up. And, you know, like, just be outraged and feel good that DeSantis is fighting for them when he is really not doing shit for them at all. Well, and then it gets blocked and you can be like, look, the uh, liberalist, the, the, the dark deep state is blocking me from doing with the will of the people. So he gets an extra, extra bite of the apple there. But yeah, I mean, it's all shadow play, right? Like, a company's probably know that, like, all right, well, we're going to have to, like, get a bunch of tweets at us that are calling us pedophiles uh, for some reason. And but we're gonna get like twenty million dollars in tax breaks, and we can use that to like, I don't even know, like, what would Disney do with twenty million dollars? I don't know, like, would they just like fix up at the small world or something? I don't know what like that money goes towards, and like how badly they need it. Like, it just like goes towards a like stock price. Like, hey, look, we, we save more money in our operating, and so it just pumps it up that way. And obviously, and, that uh, and another Millennium like, Falcon themed bar or something. I don't know. Dude. And it's like I don't know, like how do you? I mean, then there's the element of like if, if quarterly profits are the biggest deal, and like that rules politics. Then there's some, that's a bigger question, but yeah, like it's you know they'll they're willing to just have their social media, I guess. Uh, team get shit on and then have like people at you know who work security at, at Magic Kingdom like have a gun pointed at their faces and that means they're gonna you know that means they can get that extra big tax break yeah I, I almost feel like the dollars the specific dollars in these kind of conversations matter less than the larger project and like if you wanted to look at an archetype for what that project is just look at CNN and Warner Brothers over the course of the last few months. Everybody's talking about like David Zaslav, right, is the new incoming um, head of Warner Brothers, but he's really getting his 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 uh, his 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 puppet strings are really being pulled by by John Malone, who is this hardcore right wing. Like he's going to, and it's crazy that I feel like this hasn't gotten enough coverage, but he's going to remake CNN in the mold of Fox News, which is right. his the avowed goal of that. Like a, a more purchase. subtle Fox News. Yeah, they can't yeah, say a like, slightly more nuanced Fox yeah, News. They can't yeah. say like, "Oh, there's a migrant caravan coming to like rape your children." It's going to be like a surge at the border creates a political yeah. issue for Joe Biden. And you know, make sure, it it'll be things where it'll thought. be things where they trail they trail um, right wing or Fox News media sources, which yeah. they already trail media sources all the time. I'm sure that CNN is constantly looking at like you know uh, sources like a Perfect Union, places like that, more Perfect Union, but like and be like, "Oh, media reports say that this is happening." 
And that's a very amorphous, like that's, there's so much play editorially when you, when you pull that move, you can be very covert about the way and same thing that they, I mean, like if you look at that, that's a, that's a great model for what you, what they probably want out of Disney, a more compliant corporate partner that will maybe not overtly parrot their talking points, but definitely won't like, you know, make the little mermaid gay or whatever, you know, like the the, the outcomes will generally be the outcomes that they want, or they won't stop the outcomes that they want. Or they just want like, you know, it was it Disney was quiet at first, right? The new CEO, Bob Chapek was like, I'm not going to say anything about like gay kids in school because I don't really give a shit. And then there was enough pressure. They had to like say something and they gave like a mild ass statement and they still got stung, at least even performatively. So, you know, they'll learn to be quiet. And they will still get their cat. They'll still get their like check cashed, you know, or they'll still be able to get that big tax break. But I'll I'll push back even on that because I, at the end of the day, I don't think th- their strategists, their P- their GOP strategists, and and even people like DeSantis, I don't think they even give a shit if the Little Mermaid is black or gay or whatever. And in fact, they welcome the fight. They are salivating for Disney to do oh, that. Yeah. Because it means yeah. that they can do what Republicans and conservatives in this country have for a long time done and perfected, which is to poke at somebody, be outraged, while also pretending to be the victim, right? So they can say, yeah. oh, our culture is at war, and, and the our grievance. culture is yeah. under threat, and blah, 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 the little mermaid. Well, at the same time, they're the fucking asshole bullies who are getting outraged at some stupid shit. And it's best of both worlds for them, right? They want that shit. It's like the thing with right. Lizzo. Did you guys see this thing with Lizzo? Yeah, the flute. Yeah. And, the, and the fucking James Madison flute, where all these like conservative nerds are like outraged that she got to play, you know, the flute of like a slave owner or whatever. And and they they love that shit. They love that shit, and they don't actually, I think, care at the end of the day about about it because it, it becomes a culture war foil for them. To basically they want they want to be angry. I think it's like that's why I get so mad with Democrats trying to be cautious because they could literally make things out of like whole cloth. Like James Madison's fucking flute, there's no, you're never gonna be able to prevent them being angry about something. You're never yeah. gonna prevent right. there's always gonna be And you're never even gonna be able to pre- you're never gonna be able to predict where it's right. coming from. Like I remember this too when it was like uh it, it, it's the the way that the way that the the right or the way that reactionary forces are able to sort of set the tone and be like, okay, what's the thing we're going to be pissed off today? It brings me back to like Bernie 2020, where all of a sudden it's like, oh, do we have to be checking to make sure that like Cardi B is behaving herself and not being insane? It's like, I didn't know that that was part of the like political project of Bernie 2020 is like, okay, here's this huge pop star who supports Bernie, but like, oh, like, did you see what she just posted? It's like, fuck, do we have to answer for that? Is that something that we have to like, partake in I, you know i think that, that you know i mean democrats are often brain dead and afraid and also like just don't want to say things that like their base wants them to say you know they just don't have the appetite to do it i do think there's a like a double standard there right where it's like you're not going to you know for some reason democrats have to like answer for every single person that ever protested right versus like republicans can like he doesn't have to answer for a fucking nazis who like march around like charlie kirk charlie kirk was saying that, oh yeah, we don't really like Nazis. And like he wouldn't, he was, Ron DeSantis wouldn't do, would not have the dignity and like the, the, the 
graciousness of Charlie Kirk. That's like a, a it's pretty pathetic, but <laughs> that's horrible. But like they do it so often that it just becomes numb. They don't care. They don't show that they give a shit. And so you're never going to get a satisfaction out of it. And so they just move on. They never have to answer for it. And I think Democrats are so afraid of their, like, you're still talking about like, well, you know, progressives might cause the election again with black lives, you know, black lives matter, defund the police. And they're just so afraid of it and they play into it. And someone like Ron DeSantis understands inherently that it doesn't matter what he says or does. They're just, people are just going to forget it and they're going to move on because he can just say, fuck you. And that, right, and this is that. This is something like, as we were talking earlier about so much of what he does is theater. If it's theater, he's not even the director or the playwright. He's an actor taking his cues. Like the, the yeah. trip to Martha's Vineyard happened because Tucker Carlson had a show in July where he said what a great idea it would be to drop 300,000 people off in Martha's Vineyard as a start. You know, um, the Disney thing happened because, you know, Tucker Carlson was saying that there's a media company trying to brainwash kids into thinking uh, or becoming, um, you know, LGBTQ themselves, basically. I mean, it's not it's not like in but like when Bush was president. He would he would do something like the Iraq War, and then Fox News would have to sell his policy as talking points. Now it's Fox News talking points, and it's DeSantis's job to sell that as policy through executive decisions, legislative maneuvers, etc. In other words, the cart the cart is leading the horse, and the horse is happy to be led by the cart. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you, you know what? It's it's like Disney. I mean, I gotta say, to be honest, like I did think I was gonna be a genie for a long time, and once I saw Aladdin as a kid, and so like there is a point there to be made. Um, you still but, got time, man. Don't 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 count it. Don't count yourself out. I I don't even know how much even like the I, I get I, I don't I don't have that much like day to day interaction with these like you know people whose brains are like plugged into Fox News. Like you just have like a I I, know, do, I do. And so, <laughs> are they actually mad? Are they actually mad at Disney? Or are they just like our culture is being destroyed? Here's another example. Are these little things piss them off constantly. Yeah, they they're mad because TV is mad, and that's right. their friends. Remember that the median age of a Fox News viewer is something like seventy years old. They don't get a lot of calls from you know family members. A lot of like yeah, and and, uh, and the cable the cable news median age viewer is only like maybe seven or eight years younger than yeah. that. Yeah, so yeah. So shouldn't they be mad like, about everyone dying and old people dying of COVID? Like, shouldn't that that be upset, upsetting to them? No, they're mad. They're mad that people can't go to Fuddruckers and stuff their faces because that's what TV is mad about. And if TV is my friend and TV is mad about something, then I'm mad about it too. They have a parasocial relationship with these people. They shouldn't even call it the five. They should call it the sixth, and the sixth is the viewer. Yeah, and 100%. when they get and when they yeah. get into real life, they and they actually have to interact with their grandkid who doesn't want to like come around them anymore because they don't want to stop like saying the n word or whatever. <laughs> like they they like they that's that, that's like it's it's crazy, man. There's like a push and a pull there. They're being pushed away by their in real life actual social relationships who are like what the fuck is happening to you you are falling down a rabbit hole and then the rabbit hole is pulling them and very calmly beckoning them from the hours of eight o'clock until 11 o'clock every night saying like no 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 those don't don't your 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 kids are assholes and just wait they're gonna come begging you for mercy one of these days once trump gets back in office well and it's like, also we, like the breakdown of like the entire american social order with the sense that like you don't go anywhere anymore i mean covid is like yeah. you know accelerated but like there's a, right, like bowling alone right no one goes to fucking bowling leagues or the union halls right all those things are just broken down and so you are alone and to stand as praise on that sort of thing you know like you are alone and you're vulnerable and you think like there's a conspiracy have to get you because you are alone and, you know, he, he definitely, you know, and it's funny is that the number of DeSantis voters who are like, don't have kids or don't have young kids or are obsessed with like CRT in schools, they just like, 
hear about it on TV. They don't know what's actually happening in schools. And, um, yeah. you know, it becomes a bogeyman. Yeah, we just got done with a two-part episode on education. And one of the things we were talking about with an activist, Jen Cousins from Central Florida, was how many people at these, um, you know, that kind of bomb or invade these these school board meetings don't even have kids, it, not just in the public school system, in school at all. Like, and they're there, uh, you know, a lot of times they're like rocking the the Fred Perry polos and clearly, you know, part part and parcel with a proud boy, proud boy culture. And um, yeah, they're, they're guiding. It, it's a great, it's a, it's a great metaphor for the DeSantis administration, actually, the, the DeSantis project, like not having any real stake in the institutions that you're destroying. Like it's, it's a right. it, like it, it, the, the, the perfect thing. I think Jordan, you might've reported about this too, how DeSantis lamented the fact that he didn't have, he doesn't have border, like border on border yeah. with another country because he was, he was even criticizing Abbott saying like, man, that guy's lucky that he has all that. That's an awesome political opportunity for him. He can do whatever he wants. DeSantis had to lease his migrants from, uh, from Texas, if I'm not mistaken. And shouldn't that like, be illegal by the way? Over. Like how has that not been become part of the narrative too? Like he just took taxpayer money, which what he's going to spend $12 million on that is people are drowning uh, in your neighborhood, by the way. And he just yeah. stole them. He stole them from Texas. That's not even even the the law that passed that allowed it, which shouldn't you know, it could still be construed as like uh, that's not constitutional. Like he even broke his own law that allowed him to break the law. Yeah, and beyond that, you know, he, he spent almost two million dollars in traveling to Texas to do press conferences in the border. Why? Like, why? It's just idiotic. They all look so stupid too. They're all just these pasty ass like pudgy big suited like pricks and they think they look tough and i think like you know tom you and i are going to try and uh post poke a hole in that soon but uh you know they're, they're tough guy images but it's it's almost funny because you know these people should be mocked just for the way they present themselves even even get rid of policy like you know i'm not in favor of mocking uh the meek and the nerdy but uh, these people should be lambasted and humiliated for yeah, just the way they look. I agree. I mean, the guy wears padded suits to look like Trump. It's pathetic. His voice, too. It's the weirdest thing. The per- the personal style, man. Like, I, I, like, T, you've been in a room with him. Like, what? How, how tall is he? Is he closer to, like, your height or my height? No, he's short. He's 5'8". Five eight. Five eight. Yo, I'm taller. <laughs> You're taller. <laughs> Damn. I don't know why I got the feeling that I thought that he was like a like a like a big guy like Trump. Trump is by the way Trump lists himself at six foot three. I've stood next to Trump and he's the exact no. Same that's me. That's he's, another reason why he won't be able to win a primary against Trump if they're pitted against each other. He's, he's a wee, he's a wee man. Yeah, he's, yeah. Short, he's, he's a tiny and Trump is tall as fuck. Trump is also funny. I, I and mean, he's a horrible person, but he's also yes. funny. He's it's horrible, but it's spent. true. 30, 40 years as an entertainer, more than like a businessman. Yeah. Like his, he's also he, like he's he's only trying to be himself. Whereas right. DeSantis is only is taking. He's trying the, to be him, right? Exactly. You know, it's yeah. like, do you want you know, do you want to listen to a Queen cover band, or would you like to hear Freddie Mercury come back from the dead? If you're a Republican vote, <laughs> DeSantis wants to be president. Trump just wants to do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's weird. It's so like it was 2013. And it was, you know, he had already gone full like birther mode. Like it wasn't, you know, but it was two years before he decided to run for president. Oh yeah, that was his big project. That he was he, he was uh, sparring with Bill Maher at the time, right? Yeah, I mean, he was, he was sparring with a lot of people, like, and including this one TV producer 
um, Dan, I think Danny Zucker, who's like a producer of Modern Family, and I was an entertainment reporter at the time, so it's like, oh, here's an opportunity for me to like, you know, get in on the like Trump bashing. And so I interviewed Danny Zucker about it, like, you know, connected over Twitter, and it was it was funny. Like they were fighting, and like, you know, it was he was a clown, and we knew he was a dangerous clown, but we didn't know he was like, you know, a killer clown from outer space. And so, you know, as journalistically responsible, I was like, I let me call the Trump organization just to like say I tried to get in touch with them, and they. I, I said, you know, I, I got the story, whatever, uh, here it is. And they're like, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll call you back soon. I didn't expect to hear back. You know, I like, thought he was supposed to be at the golf club, like burying bodies or something, like, um, you know, <laughs> trying on different signature scents. And like an hour later, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this thing. So I interviewed him. And the thing is, I mean, it, was, it wasn't a serious conversation. Like he was talking about this guy's IMDb credits, you know, like it was so stupid. But also, like, he was so committed to like this is what his mind was focused on. He had no other agenda other than like, yeah. like convincing me that this guy, this guy Danny Zucker, was like trash and beneath him. And he was, and when I finished, I was like, that guy's personable. Oh wait, he's a terrible person. But there he's was a no, horrible person. Yeah, but there's an element like he's an entertainer. <laughs> he's designed to like to make you sort of like him or like find him enter, like right. funny or something. And DeSantis is like he wants to be, I don't know, like your local clan leader and rile you up. But Trump is like, he's engaging because he knows that like his entire life has been based on that. And so, you know, he like had some funny lines and I certainly didn't say like, you know what? You're right, Donald. I agree with you. Um, I hope you're over president, but there was an element of like disarming this because he had a, he had a charisma that was required to, you know, make it in New York for 30, 40 years. Whereas DeSantis like squeaked his way into governorship um, because a bunch of racists put on, you know, ads on the radio about, or phone call ads about Andrew Gillum. And, you know, he's never had to like do anything since then other than like, you know, play up being Ron DeSantis. And so the difference is this, I mean, I've been saying for years, like DeSantis has no swag, right? He just has power and you can't get the white. You, yeah. You cannot get to the Oval Office, even Biden, who like, it, he sounds like his, he talks like his dentures are always halfway out of his mouth at this point, but um, you know, he has like a personality, right? Like I, I'm not like a huge Joe Biden fan, but like he's been around enough that you like know what his deal is. He's going to say something glib every once in a while and like uh, say, come on, man. But no, but, but Biden, Biden is like folksy and like kind of funny. So mm-hmm. yeah, the, exactly. Like, yeah. He's likable in a way. The thing about Biden and, and about DeSantis is that they will never have a, uh, a millions of people create a, wide ranging like uh rpg basically about like a christo fascist conspiracy theory where they are the saviors of the universe they will never have that they just don't have that swag they don't have that panache they don't have that that queen's bullshit that you get from a donald trump from that guy like for example then ray Liotta's dead so i don't see anybody else coming for it like it's Let's say that in the primary, let's say DeSantis is able to win the Iowa caucuses. Let's just pretend. Donald Trump will will go down swinging saying DeSantis and the Republican Party stole this election from me. It's an inside job. They're conspiring to try to, you know, they want the power. This is all McConnell's doing. He wants the power back for himself. I might run third party. I haven't decided. Whereas DeSantis, if he gets his shit rocked, is like, all right, well, I got to watch Tucker to see what my next move is. Because yeah. <laughs> right. that's where right. I get all my moves. It's, it's, 
it's easier than he'll call him Miss Florida once. Point <laughs> how short he is and the fact that he wears padded suits yeah. and it'll be fucking over. Yeah, it's it'll be like, immediately over. Just like like calling Ted Cruz uh, the fucking Night Stalker or whatever the the Zodiac Killer. It'll yeah. be like done. The little nicknames done. and you know we're, we're gonna try and you know, brand Dork DeSantis, but it's he he's there's no you know he can get attacked and then there's nothing he can say. There's no good comeback he can give. You know he'll be like uh well no you are. <laughs> he's gonna be so outmatched on that stage i've never seen him even like i don't even have Tomas. i don't have any memories of him on stage against gillum um not that gillum was some like inspiring you know orator or anything like that but like i don't really remember him ever being on stage with somebody who uh wasn't literally in his pocket who in one way or another like every single one of those ham-faced like hot dog neck dudes behind him in every photo or every photo op that he does from brandon florida every single press conference that he holds like it's oh, i've never seen him within a hundred yards except for the rare times when you interact with him tomas i've never seen desantis um within a hundred yards of somebody that isn't fully bought in on his agenda i i don't know it's gonna wilt Jordan, you've been a good sport. You've been uh, with us for over an hour now. Where can people um, find all your writing and where can they sign up for your newsletter? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter uh, at Jordan Zachron. I, uh, I, I've i been doing less there since my son was born, but that's but just about like, that's going to end, I think. is So long as I know he's um, he can sleep without me having to look at him, Posts are coming back. You tell him he's you tell him he's you tell him he's the son of a poster. The posts are coming. He's got to learn how to live with that. They're going to be better than ever because (laughs) I have to really focus on them. Um, The posts are coming back. Uh, Yeah, more perfect union, and then uh, progress report. Progress report. Substack.com, and um, also follow uh, if you already follow Thomas. You're going to see some of the fun stuff we have coming up over the next couple weeks, um, specifically about our boy Ron. (laughs) I I was always saying like he's the kind of guy who like secretly still sucks his thumb. I feel like Um, Marta said this. When he gets stressed, I just want to spread that rumor that Ron DeSantis sucks his thumb the way that like Trump would spread rumors. Like, I don't think that, that he was... has he has he has veneers because his he has like an impacted you know uh, lateral incisor yeah. from sucking on his thumb. Like, why does Ron DeSantis still suck his thumb? That should just be a thing we introduce and put into the ether. Like people at people at the, the governor's mansion have been saying like it's getting really strange. He gets really angry, um, and the only thing that soothes him is so when he sucks his thumb. That's all for this episode of Why Are We Like This? Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts for more episodes or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at wawlt.com. Follow us on Twitter at Walt Show and on TikTok at Walt Show. You can also email us at walt at allpointswest.net. Until next time, this was Why Are We Like This? Walt Mafia Rising.